Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stefan Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. Today is such a special occasion for a lot of reasons. One... We are joined by our good friend, Eves Jeffcoat. As always for these female first, we're so happy to have you, Eves. Hello. I'm really excited. There are just so many new things happening right now. So can we do it? Can we like break that fourth wall and say that we haven't been in the studio together when we're recording together? Is that a known is that a known thing? I think you should break away. Yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna say that we're finally in the studio together again, as we haven't been in a long time. And it feels nice. That's one of those new things that's happening today. Right. Yes. Um, yeah, we're in the back in the studio for the first time in over a year and a half. Um, it's been very interesting getting everything set up and kind of getting back into the swing of how it used to be. And also, we're not entirely sure if this is our 25th episode, but it, we're going to say that it is. Yeah, yeah. It's a special episode nonetheless. Um, it's a sminty female first extravaganza, and we finally have our cheesecake. And our champagne. <laughs> that just attacked me. So that was fun. Yeah, so we were going to open it on mic, uh, but it decided to open by itself, and we screamed. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if I screamed or not, but one of us did. I just blacked out. And we know that you're not going to hear that because we know you won't like screaming on mic. So we were going to, yeah, have a little sound effect, but nope. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was fun. Yes. And oh. it, in case you're concerned, we are not going to be... Uh, eating the cheesecake. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is here. It is beautiful. Strawberry-based whipped cream. It is a New York-style cheesecake with a couple of strawberries, several, and some whipped cream. Quite delightful. From Sammy's Cheesecake in East Point, Atlanta, if you were wondering. East Point, Georgia? It's East Point, Georgia. Yeah, Atlanta. It's a neighborhood. (laughs) I guess. Well, it's a city, too. It's a city, right? Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. It's like it's, it's like city. a borough. It's not really. Though. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's it's a neighborhood feel city proper. Right. I guess. We'll but it's with. East Point, yeah. Georgia, and probably one of the best cheesecakes in Georgia. 
in my humble opinion, of course. And <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, we all have the cheesecake sitting here right next to us, and it kind of feels like dangling the carrot in front of the horse because yes. we can't eat it. We just have <laughs> to sit here and yeah. look at it. Like, we'll and it looks so who good. caves first. I know. <laughs> I thought it was going to be you. You were poking at it for a minute. I was poking at it as if it's some type of creature with a fork. Yeah, so this is very, very exciting. We'll definitely be trying the cheesecake at the end. We'll give tasting notes. But in the meantime, I know, Eves, you had an idea to kind of have a, a loose conversation about first and their importance and the context around them and why that is important, yes? Yes. So I was just thinking, of course, if we're doing this 25th thing, it can be like looking back. It feels like sort of a graduation, <laughs> right? <laughs> like does. this is one of the speeches they give at the end. But I just think that we've brought up a lot of times, given that disclaimer that okay, this is a first, and there have been a bunch of different kinds of firsts for women um, that we've gone through in the 25 that we've done so far. (laughs) And each one of those always have people who've come before them, who've done something that contributed to the reason that they have that achievement that, that we're talking about for the day. And so it's very fair to bring that up every time. And I feel like I can't not bring that up every time because firsts are such a tricky thing. Like, there are a lot of reasons why the people who aren't the first ones listed didn't they didn't have that opportunity. People didn't know about them. That wasn't in the history books that was ever written that were made available and accessible to a lot of people. It's it, it, there could just there could be a, a million and one reasons why somebody isn't mm-hmm. a first for something. And I think just it's just really important to acknowledge the amount of access, resources, privilege sheer luck, and all of those things that are involved in someone being a first. And so just remembering to keep that balance between, yes, we should acknowledge this person as a first, and it's interesting, and it's fascinating, and it's compelling, and it's important in the grand scheme of things and in different lineages. But there is also a lot of other nuance that goes into it that we have to pay attention to, and we have to remember when we're talking about people and framing them as firsts. Because we don't want to just say this person was first and leave it at that. Right. We don't want we don't want it to be a thing where we think that just because something is a first that exalts them above other people. They do have super cool stories and the things that they do are very pioneering, very bold and brave and risky and all of those things, but they're not they're not the be all end all. <laughs> right. They're not the beginning, they're not the alpha and the omega. So yeah, I just kind of wanted to talk about that today and give that that conversation a little bit more space because we usually mention it, and I think people understand it, but it's just something that we bypass. And it's also something that's so prevalent. Like, it's, it's something that's always going to be worth talking about if we're thinking about history because we're living history all the time, and we're still setting first. And that's something that's that comes up so much in the news. Like, right. why mm-hmm. are we just—why is this a first? right. And those firsts are uh, honestly often very granular. <laughs> yes. As they are when we talk yes. about this. <laughs> when I, sometimes in my life, I'll be like, I bet I'm the only person in the history of time to have ever uttered this sentence. Right. <laughs> but it's like so specific. Right. She was the first to slip on a banana on 21st Street <laughs> right, in West right. Atlanta. Like, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, you know. That's why I wanted to bring it to the table today. I know y'all have some good thoughts about it, too, because we've talked about it a little bit before. Yeah, um, I think that is 
a really great point and something to always keep in mind, especially when just through this job and through researching in general, it can be really easy to, oh, here's the first and okay, that's that's it and I'm done. But uh, so much of it depends on who has been writing history and even what country you're in. Because sometimes I'll be researching something for um, a country that doesn't speak English and did it's just not uploaded to the internet or wherever I have easy access to it. And I also think I do, I, it is important to share these stories, and even if they're not at first, right? Like they, they could be happening all around the same time. And I think that a lot is like, I bet a lot of instances of things, there were people doing kind of similar things at the same time and having these similar accomplishments because it just kind of makes sense to me. And I'm thinking more like less about feminist history in this case, but I also research food a lot. And to me, it just makes sense. Like a bunch of people at different times would have been like, oh, what if I boil fish in this dish? Sounds great. Like, but So when you try to get to a first, I'm like, I bet a bunch of people. <laughs> but who got, the, who got the attention? Who got written down in history? And I do think it's almost exciting to be like, okay, here's this first, but then ask all these questions of why and maybe you can find somebody who history hasn't shown a light on or find another story that people don't know. And history is always, it can feel static when you're looking back at ancient times, especially or older times. But it, it, you can uncover things that people, we didn't know. And I think that's very exciting. It is. And that, okay, this is random, and kind, but kind of related. That just makes me think, I often think that with drugs, like recreational or psychoactive drugs. Mm-hmm. Like, who was the first right. to try this thing and say, wow, this has a psychoactive effect that I think I want to try again and I should probably introduce to more people? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> who's the first person to do that? Will we ever know? Well, with some, like, you know, some of the herbs and medicines that people have used for a really long time, like, I'm just wandering by and I see this plant and I'm going to choose to just like, I don't know, rub my fingers on it and sniff it or, like, <laughs> grind it up and, like, put it in a pipe. I don't know. I don't know how they were ingesting, like, that in early days. <laughs> I mean, it kind of goes back to thinking also, how many people have died thinking they could do the same thing with other things? And they couldn't. Yeah. Oops, it was poison. <laughs> and you're dead. And you're, yeah. thanks for trying, though. And, and now, now we, we know. never know. Well, yeah, and then we never yeah. know. It's, right. like the, it's like the people who are right. developing medicines and drugs and— they try. They test on themselves first, right. which is fascinating right. to me. You're like, well, that was a mistake. Yeah, a good try, dude. Thanks for letting us know. Yeah, and I think overall, with all of the female firsts that we talk about, I think what's fascinating is, again, yes, we have to come back to the fact that we don't actually know if they were the first. Uh, we say we think they're like the first recorded uh, mm-hmm. to have done these things, and it's very important that we put those caveats on there. But I think that's part of the reason why we're coming back to it, because the people that you bring to us are the people who should have been credited, but because of whether it's they are of a different race or ethnicity, and they're and of course the uh, overall powers of the white supremacy in general are the ones that are like no, but we want to be as the uh, change makers and get the credit and get the money and get all of these things for so long. It's still happening today to the fact that we are having brand new firsts with uh, people of uh, marginalized communities because for so long it was being um, gatekept away from anybody allowed to even be participate right. to be a first. And the, like think about the spelling bee, the fact that we finally have a young black girl being the first young black girl to win the spelling bee. I'm like, really? It's 2021. 
How? <laughs> like, yeah. that doesn't make sense. Like, I hate that that's what we're celebrating. I hate that we're not just celebrating her victory, but right, because she right. became a first in 2021. But like, those conversations are like, but why? How? How are we still here <laughs> yeah. uh, at this point in time? And just the same as when we talk about the uh, Oscars or any kind of film. And the fact that we have to argue, no, but it was because of racism. It's not because they're not good at making films or, right. you know, this yeah. community is not great at having... It's because they don't have access right. or opportunity. And that is absurd. And, like, of course, this goes back to all the political conversations that we have about affirmative action and any of those things. And now, I guess, critical race theory, which blows my mind. I can't I can't handle it. It's kind of one of those things I'm like, if I have to talk about this one more time <laughs> or if yeah. I have to read this one more time about this ignorant person not understanding yeah. how this is actually relevant. And it's just relevant. hilarious because critical race theory has existed for right. like a minute. Right. <laughs> it's like, y'all are just now <laughs> figuring this out. Right. <laughs> and in fact, it's been out there and the conversation's been out there, but at the same time, it's been for the longest time uh, held back from like, I guess, popular conversations, popular uh historical conversations in schools because people are freaking racist. And that's why I didn't learn about ski. I didn't t- learn about uh, Tulsa, any of that, until I got into college and became a social worker, which, you know, is a little towards, especially when it comes back to the fact that I came into a point of trying to learn about social justice and what that looks like as a social worker and why these conversations have to happen. But because I was in that field is the only reason I knew all these things. And I'm like, this is absurd. This yeah. is historical. Yeah. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean we can't learn about yeah. it. It's it's like you had to be predisposed to right. caring about those things to even get to the point where you had access to learn about them. Right. Which yeah. feels like a problem that will never be solved because for the people who aren't predisposed to things like social justice and social work, mm-hmm. they're just never—they're going to stay in the dark. Right, you know? right. And that's kind of like when shows like this one or um, any marginalized community like produce show where it's like niche— Right. And that puts, like, female first. Oh, that's a niche instead of just the men, the white men that right. we, like, learn about in school. That's not niche. That's just how it is. But you, you have to search out these other stories that are not presented in, like, a, an easy way or in our own education here in the United States. So, yeah, you have to take it upon yourself. So, like, yeah, you got to do the work and you have to know what work Yeah, you, you have to, have to do know the questions to ask. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is really hard. And especially with the wealth of information that we have available to us at this point. It's like, how, right. do, how do you sift through that? Mm-hmm. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. 
With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. I don't know if this is too much of a tangent, but it just makes me think about how prevalent or how how much we say the phrase, just Google it. Yeah. And how we use that when we, like, I think about interactions that we have in social media. And when somebody doesn't provide sources for an argument that they're trying to make, somebody will say, well, just do the work on your own. Just Google it. But I've, and, I, and that makes sense. Like, do the work. But at the same time, we need to consider the fact that you still have to know how to sift through Google. Right. Yeah. Like, right. That, Googling something in alone is a whole, like, knowledge base that you have to have. It's a whole skill. Like, right. knowing yeah. how to Google things and how to tell one thing apart from another, especially for people who don't have that much familiarity with tech. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I Google it. Then what do I do with that information? <laughs> right. Right. Well, <laughs> it's still the same difficult information. It's so complex. Right. Still and, yeah. yeah. And we talked about it uh, with our book club about Inferior, just how science was so biased. And it looks really like, oh, it's scientific words. And this dude is a doctor, so I believe it. But in the end, it was very misogynistic and sexist because he wanted to be misogynistic and sexist and lean to the fact of men are powerful, women are weak. That's the way it is. And it's kind of the whole thing about anything on Google. You have to go work through it because the algorithms alone, you never understand why you're getting what you're getting half the time and whether or not it is trustworthy and if it's a trustworthy site. I think we talked about that previously with QAnon. We've talked about that with Bridget repeatedly about how misinformation is so elaborate in this, especially in the world of the internet, which is why people believe people are eating babies right now, (laughs) which is so absurd. But the fact of the matter is, yeah, there's so much out there, sure, Googling it, but you don't know what you're getting and whether it's actually sound. Right. Yeah, I was, was going to make a really bad joke when you said that. I was definitely going to be like, well, babies are flesh. <laughs> you don't teach babies. Let me, right? Let me not make that joke. Nobody, now that's recording. Now the people are going to come for you. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. And it happened. We've been canceled. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, and also we've done an episode on Wikipedia and how, I mean, this was a couple years ago, but at the time, only 70% of the entries on Wikipedia were about women, um, 17%. So if you're Googling it, and a lot of people do, they just go to Wikipedia, doesn't exist, um, and then you got to do do more work. <laughs> and you might just be like, oh, okay, it doesn't exist, I'm done, you know? Yeah. But I do, I do like how much of a conversation it is now because I was scrolling through, and this was, I wasn't even searching for it, when I was scrolling through my social media feed earlier today, I was I f- there was an article about 
how it was the first entire team of women to call the MLB, the Major League Baseball. And I was like, really? Like, it's the first time that an MLB is game? <laughs> and I don't know anything about Major League Baseball right. or baseball in general. But I was like, that's the first right there in my face. Like, we're always constantly talking right. about these kinds of things. And the other one that came up the other day was MJ Rodriguez being the first trans person to be nominated for a lead actress Emmy. And, and yeah. that's just wild. Yeah. Uh, it's like the sports news alone is infuriating because literally yeah. last year was the first time they've ever had a coach with an MLB. And uh, like, it's like, what, what, what's happening? As well as we're talking about constantly the many wins that we don't hit talk about with like women's soccer. We know we celebrate it. We are excited about it, but they're not talked about as much because they are women. And we've talked about the fact that they're not paid their worth, which is a whole other conversation. But it comes back, back to that. It's, Women are not credited in general. Mm-hmm. The firsts are very much asterisked half the time, whether it's because yeah. they, they don't want to give credit to it or they want to ignore it or try to have a... But a man also does it. I love the co-da-da-da-da-da, and there's a man a part of that. And yeah, and the other part of that is it's infuriating, and I know it is for those who have accomplished these amazing goals, who have accomplished these big things, to have to be called female something or the first black woman. or like It's like... That yeah. seems, uh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. as much as I would love to be accredited with something huge, like cha- life-changing, uh, helping in some kind of social movement, but if my credit came as the first Asian woman, mm-hmm. there is a part of me like, It's a backhanded can't compliment. Be, yeah, why can't it just be the first person? Why? Yeah. Like, it, that, it's such a weird thing, but mm-hmm. we have to in order to recognize how bad, uh, how there's no equity within any any industry, almost, almost none when it comes to people in the marginalized communities being able to be credited with anything mm-hmm. to begin yeah. with. And, and ooh, I mean, I don't know if this is too nuanced for now, but, I mean, that just makes me think, because I, I definitely get that feeling, like, a, as a black woman, like, knowing that so many things are, it always feels like a caveat to say first black right. woman. Right. Well, there was a white woman who did it first, and then it's just left at that. Like, right. Mm-hmm. That's all the context that's going to be happening in only a certain amount of time. We have to recognize it because the part of the problem is, A, when it does happen, people are not being credited correctly. B, again, the marginalized communities are not given the same opportunities as all of the white community, essentially. And what it comes down to, the fact, it's taken too long to get to the point that we start talking about equity versus equality and why we need to talk about that and what the differences are and how important that we recognize those differences. But again, it comes back to, once again, looking back on what has been happening and who has been doing things and who continues to do things and the fact that we have to dig up that information without being able to actually just celebrate and enjoy it to, to what it is. That is an absurdity and kind of a tragedy in the fact that it takes away from that celebration in general. Yeah, and I think in our capitalistic society that, uh, yes, does struggle <laughs> with a lot of, like, diversity and sexism and racism issues, It does, com- companies use it as, like, see the first black woman to do this is at our company or whatever, right. and it becomes like, look how good we're doing. And you're like, hmm. <laughs> also, I've been thinking about this because recently, as uh, most of us, I'm assuming, know, three billionaires are competing to go to space. And I've just been thinking, like, to be the first, like, they want to go down in history. And they wanted that, that like, title of I was the first person to do this commercial space flight. 
Like, it just feels so <laughs> gross, but, like, it feels different than when we talk about in our Female First series of women who were like, I'm passionate about this thing, I want to do it, and I really care about it. Whereas this feels like basically a dick competition yeah. where they want to be remembered in history. They want yeah. that. And it's just been something on my mind where I'm watching this unfold like, oh yeah. my gosh. Right. Well, it, feels, it sounds like they're trying to change a narrative, to be honest, to be like, instead of the dickhead who uh, took billions of dollars and didn't give a sh- about right. anybody else, especially their own workers, so why would we? We're going to be remembered for going to space and competing with these other two white dudes who I don't, no one really cares about either, while everybody else suffers from unemployment, right. from disease, from death. I, I'm just, I'm maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Right. Um, from the fact that, you know, people that's working in my factories are being reprimanded and ostracized and eventually fired right. if they speak truths. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like to me, and, and, and that's a whole other conversation mm-hmm. in itself because I do, I just really want to throw things. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm that just like, I'm really thinking about that now, y'all, because <laughs> I'm sitting here like trying to make a similarities and differences list in my head. Like, what are, what are the things that the, those two segments of people who are interested in pioneering, what are the differences right. between them and what are the similarities between them? Because I'm like, you know, what are they? Of course, the resources and the access that you start with is one thing. But, you know, is it that they're starting from a place of I care about this thing happening rather than I care about being the person to do it? I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't speak for them. Right. But, you know, so I'm not going to try to. But I do think that a lot of the first that we talk about on the show are like they start from a place where they just want to do the thing because right. they care about it. They're just, I am passionate about it. I want to do it, but me being the person to do it is just because it, it, it's not it's not from a place of as much ego, right, I think. Right, right. And it doesn't necessarily matter that they are the one to do it, and they might not even be equipped to be the ones to do it. Right. That's the other thing. Right. Like, these guys know they got the money <laughs> to send some metal, some hunks of junk into the space. Um, <laughs> but, like, these, these women that we talk about in Female First, like, they— they aren't necessarily equipped. Like, they have to do a lot to to get to the point where they right. they are even able to pursue the things that they're thinking about. Right. And it's it takes a lot of metal. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, a majority of the women that we've talked about or those um, that we have uh, discussed are doing it out of survival, mm-hmm. whether it's to get to a certain point, to be in a certain point in their career, or because they want to help others, or because they feel like this is something that they have to prove they can do because they're being told they can't, typically because, again, you're a marginalized woman, you can't do this type of conversation. And that is vastly different from, hey, I have billions of dollars, and instead of helping someone, I just want to go to space for right. 30 seconds and, you know, cool. You like yeah. it? You like my You like my rocket? <laughs> Not overcompensating at all. Uh, But Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's a giant difference in a majority of the people that we talk about. And not that, again, it's not all about having to prove a point or do all of these things. And and if they want to do that thing, sure, you, they are their own individual. Good luck. Hope everything works out for you. But I think the bigger conversation is who is benefiting from what you are doing. And essentially, when we look at these female first and we talk about it, they took down uh, some barriers in order to get to there. And they went through so many hardships to get to there. Right. And that's the big conversation. And even when they did, it's 
to this day, it still hasn't changed that much where it's still that difficult for someone who may be similar in ethnicity or in gender to try to do the same things. And they still can't do it or they still can't be acknowledged for trying to do it. Like that's that's part of the problem right. in this conversation is I know there was a couple of times where when we were talking about some of the women that I'm like, oh, my God, we're still struggling and trying mm-hmm. to acknowledge that this has changed. Mm-hmm. Why are right. we still here? Yeah, it's like from the 1800s and you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds very familiar. Yeah. Why are we asking if whether this thing written 250 years ago was written today? Right. right. Exactly. And I think that's caught, part of that is that these struggles that many of the women that we want to acknowledge or many of those uh, that we want to acknowledge that have changed so many things, unfortunately, hasn't changed things. We want to acknowledge them because what they did was powerful. Mm-hmm. But we're still fighting. Yeah. And then that's where I get the most frustrated is every time we feel, I feel like there is something that takes two steps forward. Yeah. There's another thing that takes three steps back. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of like, what happened? I thought we were doing so well. Yeah. That's a good point because it's, it does almost feel, again, going back to the kind of the caveat of you were the first woman or the first woman of um, XYZ ethnicity, is it feels like it's almost saying, we allowed this to happen, now stop. Like, right. okay, that's cool. You got the your token thing. first. <laughs> right. Like, okay, you've done it, back off. This is our space. And then you have the same issues continuing over hundreds of years. And I do think that going back to what you were saying, Samantha, of the the obstacles a lot of marginalized people face when they get the first, whether it was the first or not, but the one that is recorded, that I'm not saying that there are not women out there who are devious <laughs> and do just want history to remember. That doesn't even have to be devious, but, you know, want that recognition of being remembered in history, you know, like, I want to be the first. But that doesn't feel to me like there's an extra layer of determination that usually implies care or passion, whereas if you're just a rich white dude, and you're like, I want to go to space. Not the same. And also, the feedback, the the instant feedback that you get nowadays yeah. is very different. Right. Than a, what, a lot of those people didn't get recognition in their day. Right. Mm-hmm. And the recognition yeah. was different. The recognition wasn't via social media. And, like, because there's a lot of gratification that you get through that. Right. Um, and it wasn't on a global scale either. Like, yeah. the, the access that we have in communication and worldwide global communication is a lot different now than right. some of the people we've talked about. Of course, some were more recent, but right. it's different. Like, you get, yeah. another, you get another level of pat on the back now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I'm thinking about this because as we have done the women around the world uh, trying to acknowledge just women doing significant things, whether it's being activists in something specific or if they're doing something with science or or whatever. It's really interesting to me that the people that always pop up are the celebrities, are those who we already Mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. So I feel like half of the women that we've talked about with the female first, even if they did exist today with the social media, still wouldn't get half the accolades that celebrities and those who do nonsensical. I'm trying to be sensitive here. Just whatever, whether it's people are getting more acknowledgement for acting and then saying a controversial statement than a person who has been struggling within their community as a marginalized person, whether they are of uh, a different, uh, if they're trans or if they're, you know, any of those people or a scientist, a female scientist trying to make change. It's really hard to dig up that information. Kind of like what you were talking about with Wikipedia. Even today, it's like, why don't they? They just did this huge thing, right. and they have three sentences to their name. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I need more information. Right. Where can I find this information? But that's kind of that same level today that, yeah, 
these women did some amazing things and historically has been finally unearthed where we can do a show or a segment and actually talk a little bit about what they did. But to the level of what we see as popular or what does go viral, it's like, why? What, what's <laughs> happening? Why? I don't get it. Yeah, It's that algorithm. Yeah, that that algorithm. algorithm. <laughs> and I wonder about how many more times in this universe, in the future, mm-hmm. will we go through this ordeal where we're like, oh, wait, we thought a guy did this on his own, mm-hmm. but there was a woman who was there mm-hmm. who who was working <laughs> um, to make this thing happen. I can only imagine. Like, it sucks to think about, mm-hmm. but, you know, yeah. we've heard those stories a lot before where we're like, oh, wait, this thing that we thought we knew about and this guy that we thought made this discovery there was actually a woman who was very uh, integral in all of this and making this happen. I mean, it kind of happened with the hashtag MeToo stuff, the Mm -hmm. fact that a white woman came out and put it, and she made it viral, sure, but she didn't create it, but everybody wants to acknowledge her as the creator when it was like, no, no, this uh, black woman has been on this for like 10 years. Mm -hmm. You just put it on Twitter. What's happening? Why are you, (laughs) you know, and the fact that it took another year to undo that and be like, hey, you got to right. learn to give credit, which, you know, we've talked about that a lot. It's like oftentimes how it's miscredited so quickly mm-hmm. and so fast. Yeah. And I just want people to, I want people to know that your personal histories are important too. Like your personal histories, your family who like you live in the country, you know, your grandma was on, always on the porch telling stories. Yeah, you, you know, you you thought that they were fantastical, or you know, you thought that you weren't that interesting, and you didn't deserve, you don't deserve to be in history books. You know, we tell ourselves a lot of lies about who we are as individuals and as families and our value in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all of these people who we've talked about so far are just normal people. Right. Like, right. You have fascinating things in your histories too, and they deserve to be remembered. And you know, I think that. I don't know if people call it duty or obligation, but it's something that's worth considering and thinking about as we go through our lives, just acknowledging the things that are in our personal histories as grand, as grand as the things that are in the history books that you read about. Right. You know, you deserve to be immortalized in textbooks that are bound and laminated as well. Like, you know, we care about those things. We're talk- I'm talking about all these women who have families that are still living that I don't know. Right. And I know that it feels so far away sometimes, but there are firsts in your story, too, that you may not know about and that you may know about. And if you do have them and you know them, like, that is a think of that as a privilege. Right. You know, share those things. Write them down. And you're, you might have kids you can share them with or nephews or nieces or whatever who will be like, okay, Eves, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> But, I mean, you know, that's always a struggle, like, trying, <laughs> trying to get the youth to understand the importance of the, the youth. Past. The youth. <laughs> um, but just know that, you know, that's important, too. And these stories, I feel like, and I hope that all the people that we've talked about in, in the series have helped you understand that they were normal, average. They were still human beings, just right. like you are. You know, they had to go use the bathroom, too. Right. Because, <laughs> in fact, a lot of them didn't know that their history would be talked about. Right. Like they died thinking that they failed a lot. That, that's kind of that conversation of like giving flowers while while they can mm-hmm. um, instead of after the fact. But yeah, a lot of like, again, there's a lot that you don't know how you've impacted it with two others. And yeah. um, I try to keep thinking of that like 
I remember having all those bad moments in my social work. I'm like, all I'm doing is making sure kids are alive today. So that's, that's the end of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like the fact of the matter is you never really know yeah. what you've said, what you've done, what you have influenced. Whether it's a small conversation that's helped someone have a bigger idea that could save, who knows, a whole generation of uh, people who are suffering through something that we don't know about yeah. yet. Because, mm. you know, yeah. COVID taught us something, right? <laughs> Some. Yeah, maybe <laughs> something. something. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Samantha and I were recently talking about grief and how you never know after you're gone, like the little things that you did, how they impacted a bunch of people. And oftentimes, yeah, I was I was really bad about... Um, being that kid who's annoyed with my grandparents. And now I'm like, oh, they were so cool. Why didn't I? <sighs> yeah, I um, feeling. Yeah, and I do think, I think that's a really beautiful sentiment because there's so much history that's lost when it just comes to, yeah, what was everyday life like for a person? Because we all do experience things in slightly different ways, at least slightly differently. Um, a lot of times much differently, but in, in having that record and knowing that these were lives people lived and these were the things that they dealt with can really help us <laughs> when we're looking back. Like, okay, I don't want to think, you know, the 1800s is still applicable today. Like, how can we change that? And I think if we did take the time to listen to people who maybe aren't historically, like, the first, but, like, record their stories and preserve them and listen to them, that it would hopefully... Help us either like learn and move on or slowly move on as it seems to be or 
Or even just have people feel like, oh, yeah, I'm not alone, because I do think that is a huge, that's really important, is to think, okay, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not alone. Like, the other people had similar experiences to me. And I think, how long will these stories that we're telling, these female firsts that we're introducing to people or, you know, letting people know more about, how long would they be true? Yeah. Like, I, like, like I, it's a really fair point about you saying, like, this is the first recorded. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a caveat that I will put in there. Because I'm like, yes. in what way can I fact check this the first? <laughs> right. How am I supposed to fact check yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just have to believe that it is <laughs> <laughs> like, right. I don't have a way to fact check it. So not in any way where I can go back and know that there wasn't another right. person who was already there who did this thing in some instances. And I feel like now, coming back to that, after we're having this conversation, that feels like a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, it sucks because there's so much that we don't know and we don't have access to and that wasn't told and that was purposefully kept under wraps. But at the same time, that might mean that there is an, um, another amazing story that has <laughs> yeah. yet to be told. Right. And that feels exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like maybe I should stay on the optimistic side of it of like, you know, maybe this first won't be the first for forever, but that also means that there's opportunity for someone else to get shine. Right. Yeah. And that there's also the possibility of somebody else being recognized. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody else, you know, being loved on and somebody else getting flowers and somebody else just having a little bit more of their story to continue to exist in the world after they're gone. Right. Yeah, but please stop unearthing those mummies, y'all. We've got enough <laughs> in the Don't touch them. Quit it. <laughs> Quit it. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think in, in going with all of that, I love that we get to discover new things and talk about new things, and it is fascinating. Stop with the mummies for real, though. But there's also something to be said about the fact that legacy has become too big of an iconic idea of what, what you're leaving behind. I think what you were talking about and what you were talking about, that individual finding themselves and or knowing that you may be doing something bigger than you know. And just because it doesn't sound like right. that other person doesn't mean you're not leaving something behind. And mm-hmm. legacy is just an individual thing, whether it's you left it to your daughter, you left it to your son, you left it to your friend, you left it to the niece. You know, the, the fact that you're being remembered, that is a legacy and that's a good thing. And the fact that if you're developing... And if you're um, having good relationships, that is a legacy. Mm-hmm. And it is a beautiful thing. And you have no idea what that turns into. You just decolonized legacy. I need my check. You just give me a check. You just took all the capitalism out of legacy. <laughs> Somebody give me a check. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, that I think that really resonates with me. I remember once I had a I had a a job where I was just kind of, I was trying to catalog this language so it didn't get completely lost. And somebody gave me this great advice. And they're like, just go sit, just go sit and listen to people and like talk to them and share their stories. And it was so beautiful. It was such a beautiful experience. And people were so giving. And I think that's something we forget. I did that with my own father, where once I was, it was a school assignment. And I was supposed to interview him about it. And I just like, I didn't want to do it. And I hated it. But when I did, it was really interesting. Like a lot of the things, I, I got answers that I didn't know. And I was like, oh. And I could connect with them. It was like, 
at the time I was so into Green Day, and he was talking about being like so into the Beatles. I used to have a crush on Billy Joel. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say this on mic because I, I think did many too. people know this. I'm just gonna stick it. I'm just gonna drink my champagne. I did too, Eve. Okay, cheers to that. Cheers. My cup is down. Keep going. But yeah, you don't know what you'll uncover, and I think that's one thing that I've been thinking about a lot lately is just asking people the question, like taking the time and thought, and you, it doesn't have to be this big, amazing thing, but it can tell you a lot about history and connection, and it can be something that just for some reason means so much to you, and that can be like a legacy that you remember when someone is gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Also... I had a panic attack as a child, and I know this is extremely ridiculous. Um, and my mom was like, what, what, what's going on? And she, I said, what if one day I can't watch Star Wars, and it's gone? It's just been erased. <laughs> and that is one of the reasons I rewatch it all the I time. Know. So that in case it disappears, I can just play it in my head. Um, so there's some type of fear around legacy that I can unpack in myself <laughs> later. Um, but there's a horror movie... I don't think it's a genre, but it's kind of something that happens in horror movies a lot that really um, terrifies me. And it's kind of related and not related. <laughs> but it's when somebody accomplishes something or does something or learns something, and then they they get killed or they get trapped, and you never hmm. find out about it. Oh. And there's something about that, like, not knowing. Um, just... Like, or, like, like they can't tell you. And then a lot of times it's a situation where somebody is rising to power. Okay. And then they kill someone. And oh. that person knows, like, what oh, they're no. up to. And then it's too late. And right. they're sealed and they're in a power position. Uh-huh. And anyway, this is... <laughs> I've never thought about that before. I, it's, it's a real anxiety that I have. Um, I used to be that way with Anastasia. I was a strange child. <laughs> like, no one will ever know what happened to Anastasia. Um <laughs> I like it. You interject with, I'm a strange child. I was was a a very strange child, apparently. (laughs) But I I just find that, I I don't know why, but I've been thinking about that, this whole conversation of just that kind of, it makes me sad and also like scared in a way to think of these stories that have just been lost and we might not ever recover. Yeah, but they, I think, if I can make you feel any better, Anne. Yes. <laughs> I turned this into an intervention. Please help me. <laughs> that's, what, that's what the champagne is for. There we go. That's perfect for an intervention. <laughs> <laughs> they still happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, memory isn't the only thing that matters. Yeah. Like, of course it's important, but the people who lived at the same time and, igno- and were able to acknowledge them at the same time, And even if that didn't happen, because we know a lot of the times they weren't completely acknowledged and were doing things in very siloed ways, that they might have still been fulfilled. (laughs) They might have still been fulfilled, and the things they did still happened, even if they weren't acknowledged, which I feel like is a bitter pill to swallow. (laughs) Because it's like, oh, God, another white man took credit for something. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Fine. But, like, (laughs) they still did it, and it's okay. (laughs) It's just okay. (laughs) It's okay. I love this. That's starting to feel better. Yeah, I guess it's it's also, and we're getting into really deep territory now, so we might want to veer out. But it's it's also something that I think a lot of us struggle with, and I've been struggling with, of like how upsetting it would be to be misremembered when you can't do anything about it. Mm. And. This is part of the horror movie thing that I'm talking about. It's a lot mm. of times it's like not only 
were they killed and then this evil person rise to power, they're misremembered and are painted as like, oh, he was the traitor all along. Right. Mm -hmm. I wondered about that when we talk about the first serial killer. Yes. uh, Bathory. Yes. And I'm like, the the question may be that she was more just a woman in power and they just wanted to ruin her reputation and that's what we know of her today. Is that she was the the first serial killer. Serial killer who killed women or young girls and virgins for their blood and bathed them their blood. That was that whole reference, but it's like, what did that really happen? Mm-hmm. Or is it because they were just afraid of a woman in power? Well, yeah. that's kind of one of the joys of storytelling, too. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Like, I mean, I know that's, that is it. that's not really practical, but if you think about it, that's what we do. We sensationalize things, whether that's one way or the other. That's true. And so, I don't know. I, I get it. Like, we can vary. I feel like it can definitely enter hagiography territory with a lot of these women we talk to where it's like, we just exalt and praise them not really having known their character, not at least personally. Like, we have things that are documented that are, like, first-person things that are documented, which are often also not true, (laughs) which is a thing that comes up a lot. Like, when we're reading their biographies, they don't, you know, they don't tell the truths about themselves a lot of times. For some odd reason with these female firsts, it's been, like, age. Age is a big thing that people lie about. They're like, yeah, I was born this year. Or they're just very lax about when they were. Or sometimes they just don't know as well. But that's a very strange thing when you're (laughs) (laughs) you're reading about people in the past. But, yeah, I think that's okay in a way. (laughs) (laughs) Because, I don't know. I, I guess that's me speaking as a storyteller where it's like, yeah, we can, yeah, it's it's cool to, like, you know, embellish it's also a black tradition to embellish stories. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like that might be part of my reasoning as well. I feel like that's also a very country thing to do. Like true, so growing very out true. growing up in LJ, yeah. that was a thing. Like everything was like grander and or larger than people say. We're like mm-hmm. that's not that can't be right. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> Take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> Uh, you know, do mm-hmm. you exaggerate all the way? I just don't want to be remembered as a murderer when right. I didn't do it. Okay, yeah. right. Right. true. It's already so hard to tell the difference between what's real and what's not on the mm-hmm. internet. Like, how many memes have you seen that are attributed to the wrong people? Right, yeah. or just unknown quotes. Right, or quotes that are yeah. made up for a specific person, or quotes we don't know who they were attributed to, and people attributed them, them to them. Right, and people who know that those quotes aren't for that person but will share a meme anyway. It's like things are going to be so confusing in the future and Um, communication is already going to be so difficult because there is a time difference between where we are now and wherever that person may be in the future. So it's just going to get even more complicated. I mean, as we talk about it, things changing and being misrepresented, definitely, like with the AI stuff. Yeah. Uh, the Bourdain documentary just came out and the, right. big, the big controversies that they used AI, essentially, to piece together yeah. his memoirs. And everybody's like, what? <laughs> yep. Mm. Yeah, and things it's, like deep fakes. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that honestly freaks me out. Yeah, um, it's kind of scary. So you're right, Eve. <laughs> That's a whole different a whole, show. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Let's return to that one at a later date. Yes. Yeah. Let's do that. We started at the positive place. <laughs> yes, we, we we were on a very windy, windy road. <laughs> country. Season, as very seasonal changes all throughout. Some sunny, <laughs> some clouds, <Yeah>. darkness. 
<laughs> yes. Lots of colors, you know, fall leaves. Followed by some gray. Man, yeah, lots some gray. of gray. Yeah, we talked about murder and drugs, <laughs> all kinds of things. So this has been a lovely conversation. Anything else you want to add? Oh. No, I think we ran the gamut, so. We really did. Is it time for a bite of cheesecake? I think it yes. is. So cheers, y'all. Cheers. To the 25-plus episodes <laughs> um, and to many more. And to many more. Cheesecake and to cheers. And the cheesecake. And cheesecake cheers. <laughs> well, it's going to pop oh. onto my things. Oh, it's falling on my... Okay. Yeah. Okay. Does anybody want to describe the cheesecake? Mm. 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 Let me move away. Mm. Okay, Fluffy. Samantha's just... Okay. Mm. Satisfying. Mm-hmm. 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 Sweet, but not too sweet. Mm. A little hint of vanilla. Right. It's not like... I don't, I don't feel like my teeth are going to fall out Mm-mm. after I'm done with this. Give me a minute, though. I really love the whipped cream. I'm a really big fan of whipped cream. Mm-hmm. And strawberries, are strawberries involved? So the strawberries are fresh strawberries. Ooh. That's like important. Fresh, that's important. Speaking of whipped cream, I used to eat whipped cream out of the, like, cool whip tub. Yeah. When it's I, frozen from the freezer. Frozen? Yes. I used to do that, but not frozen. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, I, I'm on the same plane. I'm also a whipped cream fan. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad we finally made this happen. Whether it's the 25th or not, we shall say it is. Oh, so what do we do for the 50? Which is probably like 10 episodes down, <laughs> oh to be honest. <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we get right, there. Get right. a double-sized cheesecake. <laughs> two, two cheesecakes. <laughs> a personal cheesecake for me. Okay. There it is. Yeah, there, there it we is. go. There it is. Okay. <laughs> well, this has been a delightful conversation. Thanks, as always, Eve, for joining us. Thank you for having me, as always, as well. The best. Yes, the absolute best. Where can the listeners find you? I'm at Eve's Jeff Coat on Twitter, at Not Apologizing on Instagram. You can also listen to me on This Day in History class. You can go back and listen to a whole archive of a whole bunch of episodes that have cool biographies there, too, and events that happen in history and unpopular. Yes, and you should do that to listeners if you haven't already. Also, 25 ish episodes of this show. Oh, yes, that too. That too. How do I always forget to say that? <laughs> no worries. <laughs> and if you would like to contact us, you can. Our email is stephaniamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stuff I've never told you. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina, who is here live. Yeah, can we get some cheesecake? And in the studio. Yes, yes. And thanks to you for listening. Sorry that we're eating cheesecake and you don't have any. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. 
Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. This episode is brought to you by Pedigree. If you've been looking for love at first sight, it is closer than you think. It can be found at your local shelter. So this June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions.